Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's New Year. How about you? It's New Year. It's a new year. Yeah, it's a new year. It's a new year. We do this all day, but I don't think this is what people listen for. <laughs> How about you? How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. Got uh, got a dog. Oh. New shop dog. That's what we're going to call her. Shop dog. I don't shop. think you've heard what her name is. You told me it was Vacuum. Well, I, yes, I did tell you it was Vacuum. <laughs> did I tell you as well the real name? I think I did. You said you were shooting for Harley. Yep. So Harley got approved. Harley got approved. My oldest decided Harley was his favorite. So Really? I'm surprised, too. Cause I'm blown he, away. He argues with everything I do, no matter whether he likes it or not. So I was He impressed. probably didn't know that it was your name that, that you came up with. That could be true. It was just in this hat of names. That is true. That it and wasn't. you weren't saying Harley Davidson. You weren't associating it with nope. a motorcycle. Nope. My middle child loves it because it relates to the comics, Harley Quinn. Okay. And, okay. But no, I'm in. Harley's a great name for her. Okay. A little aggressive. She's uh, She's got kind of a strong look. I don't know that she's necessarily aggressive, but... Yeah, the one photo I got, it looked like she was about ready to attack something and jump off of the bed. And the other one was learning how to beg at the table. Yeah. those I, I thought that was very appropriate. She doesn't beg. She just stares. Just stare. I, what, what's the difference? Well, I've had dogs that whine and make it real annoying. I'm okay. I don't mind dogs that get into my business if they, Whoa. St- if they stay a few feet back. Okay. Like okay. table or couch, right? I don't mind a dog that gets on the couch as long as it knows to move if there's people. Yeah, so we've tried to avoid the couch. I don't know why we're getting into a dog debate, but you yeah. brought this up. Here this is go. a new thing for you. Dog! <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I have a hard time with the staring at me. So our dog does not get, does not whine, yeah. wants to sit there and stare. That bothers me too, so I've taught him how to put his head down. Lay down, <laughs> head down. Look down, don't look at me. I said head down. He, he learned it. It's fine. He can still sit there. But he doesn't need to be sitting there staring at me it's a while I eat. Weird form of dominance, is it? Yeah. Okay. Don't look at me while I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do the same th- anyway. Just well, I just say that to you. Nobody I does. know. I know. The uh, yeah, she's she's good. I mean, she would do that. I mean, we've only had her a couple days, but then you get to the point where everybody just ignores her and she just lays down. Really? She's actually for. A dog that's new to the house and learning and whatever, just a year and change old. She's pretty good. So, so this was through the Humane Society? Through the Humane Society, yeah. Now, a lot of the times, place. dogs are taken really quickly. So was this something that uh, you guys were looking and just happened to see it right at the perfect time and said we want it? So she came up a while ago, was adopted, and basically returned. She has some uh, separation anxiety. Oh. So she wants to be around people if you don't want to deal with that or can't handle or live in a apartment where right. howling or barking is going to make neighbors very upset yeah it would be a problem i don't know what the situation with the person that adopted and brought her back was yeah it doesn't matter yeah um but they basically decided they didn't want to deal with it didn't want to teach her to be comfortable with them which of course only makes it worse because she went somewhere for two days and then got returned so that's right. only going to make separation worse but She's learning, uh, you know, well, we kennel her when we leave. We put her in the in the crate. Mm-hmm. 
so far. I mean, granted, it's again only been a couple of days, but it's been good. So okay. okay. Anyway, it's great. The kids love her. It's a good thing you have a gravel backyard. It is nice, actually. Okay. Why are you saying no? I'm just curious how this is going to work out. I'm just uh, let me know. Well, we also have turf, which is great. Yeah, even better. She runs out in the yard and doesn't come in dirty. I'm okay. What are you upset about over there? I'm not upset about anything. I just want to know how this plays out. And I'm just going to leave it be. And you're going to tell me or you're not going to tell me because you don't want me to know. You'll find out over time. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdos like me talk about their dogs all the time. Yeah, you've never had a dog. What are you talking about? I've had a couple dogs. It's been a while. Okay. Okay. It's been a while. So it's nice to have a dog again in the house. and It'll be good for the kids. Okay. Harley. It'll be fun to tie up the track. Isn't that a masculine name? I don't know. I decided no. So. I mean, that's really bad. I mean... You know they don't. They don't. The bikes don't go that fast. So. I liked vacuum more. Yeah, I thought vacuum was definitely the real intention of buying a dog for me. Because <laughs> now I don't have to sweep the uh, living room floor. Yeah, she'll just clean up after the kids. You for still me. have to sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a different different set of chores, but the kids are pretty. It'll be good responsibility for them. Good. Anyway, that's that's the new news I've got. I don't have any new news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I. Nobody wants to hear about the Xterra anymore. I had some okay. weird things. I had a shock freeze on the Xterra. Yeah, that frozen. Sounds like a Nissan thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, if somebody has seen this, they're going to have to write in and let me know. I have not seen a shock freeze on a car, truck, motorcycle in a frozen state where it would not compress. On something that's regularly driven, at least. This wasn't a rust problem. It actually had somehow... Um, absorbed or water had passed yep. through the the o-ring and had frozen inside the cylinder mm-hmm. and such was uh when i sat in below zero f- temperatures or below freezing temperatures for an extended period of time frozen that state it was like having a square tire when i went over a bump yeah, not ideal but uh had to replace that i think that's the most surprising thing that i had to deal with at least over the new over the last uh, week change or so. your shocks every once in a while yeah i mean it was time but i've just never seen one do that i haven't either but i also don't spend a lot of extended periods of time in below freezing temperatures so i don't know i can't say that i've never had a vehicle the jeep before i switched <clears> its shocks out they i could tell they were leaking so there's a good chance there was water in there and it could have been a problem yeah, mine were leaking. I just, I'm surprised that it actually absorbed that much water. I mean, this was on the front side of the axle, yes. so water kicking up from the front tires would have been hitting it and trying to go. I just don't, I'm just surprised. I don't know how it could get that Are much water. Are you surprised how much it. water gets on your windshield? Um, when it's no. raining? I know. Water's all over. Yeah, but that's an open face. I'm talking underneath the vehicle. I'm not talking a flat screen. This is a cylinder. Water would have been running past it as you're going. It just doesn't make as much sense. That's fair. But after you sprayed and parked, it all leaks down and sits and goes in. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing? A whole thing. Not a six inch, but a foot long. Okay. Unless you're at Subway, then it's only ten and a half inches. Okay. Yeah. Now we know. Well, yeah. When the law says it is, it is. The law? The law. Oh. Wyatt Earp. I thought it was Wyatt Burp. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, the lazy eye. Yeah. We have already lost everybody. <laughs> so, the new year has begun. Ooh, anyway. Is it a new year? It is, yeah. Oh, also PSA. Other new, other crazy thing that happened, and I know if you follow my Instagram, you've seen it before, but uh, yeah, about a quart of oil, or not, about a five-quart jug of oil. Ooh. And come to find out, it was already used oil. Somebody had 
returned without breaking the little seal on the cap. Oh, that was nice of them. A jug of oil. Well, yeah, they, I mean, that's not that hard to do. I've had them come off unbroken when I pulled the cap off. Sure. But it cracked like I had opened a new can of, a new jar of, jug of oil. And uh, yeah, look in there and it's black oil. Used oh, and nasty. I wonder if you can go on, say, Amazon or eBay and buy caps. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. But nonetheless, PSA, heads up, when you're buying oil, I've now, now that I posted on Instagram and asked a few people, I've found four other people that have had this happen in somewhat recent history. Really? So apparently All this is All Motorcraft? Uh, nope. Nope. What were the different brands? Uh, I don't know. That doesn't help. So I know that it's been AutoZone, Napa, and Fred Meyer were the three locations. I don't think it's exempt to any, any locations. I don't either. I'm just saying. My, my curiosity is... But all of them were what? within the last year. Okay. but So is this is this been going on for a while? Have, been, have people been filling their engines with used Usual. motor oil? I don't know. I hope not. I know I generally check, obviously. I found this before I poured it in. So but it was obviously it was black. It was dark. I, I poured it out in onto a white rag to double check because it wasn't black, black, but it was clearly used. And it was enough that I, you know, you look into a dark jug Ooh. and you don't quite know how dark it is. Right. And I was like, well, maybe it's just, you know, the maybe lighting they is did bad. too. Could they have used half and then put half used in? I don't know. Because generally, I don't know, maybe. My maybe. oil comes out about the same color as what was in it. Okay. But I change my oil regularly, and I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's usually a dark enough tint. Okay, I get it's what It's dark you're enough, saying. but looking into a, you know, Motocraft jug is a dark plastic orange jug. So looking into it, it's not like you're perfectly light in there. So I wasn't entirely sure. I kind of looked on, you know, poured it, tipped the jug so I could see in there better at an angle, and it looked right. very dark. So I poured it onto a, a napkin, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is clearly not fresh oil. And so I put it back and fortunately had some, you know, enough remainders of jugs from other oil changes sure. and top-offs that I could kind of cobble together a full oil change. But I am now dry of oil in the garage and I'm returning that for, uh, we'll see you what You have not returned it. yet. Did anybody give any pointers on what you need to do and how you need to present this discussion? No. I'm just going to go in there honestly and if they and find Nobody it, has had an issue? It. Has anybody else had an issue? I'm not convinced that, uh, yes, so actually that's not true, that nobody has. Uh, the gentleman that bought their oil from Fred Meyer said they went back and had a terrible time trying to return it, and then basically got the return after fighting for a significant period of time, went back to get replacements and found that there were only two new jugs, but the other six in the thing were also returned oil. What? So that's how, then they took those six out, showed the guy in the auto parts department, in that area and they went up you know he grabbed that person and said hey come tell the returns lady what what you saw so she doesn't think i'm a liar still and so he went up and kind of said oh yeah we've got a problem here check you know check the oils before you if you take any back whatever oh, i could see that being the place where people would be more apt to do it too yeah but I, that was kind of my thought you know a walmart or, a Fred Meyer. or something that's my problem like who doesn't at least check the oil or look at it as a, you know, if you get a part returned, uh, someone was mentioning that they bought used shocks. My same buddy that got them in uh, got, at Napa had an oil issue. Okay. Also, I don't know if it was also Napa, but also told me that at one point he bought shock, new shocks for his truck. Sure. And they were used the used shocks back in the box mm-hmm. and carefully taped back together. 
So very explicitly, he stated, right, that they were carefully taped, retaped, so wow. to look as it had never been opened. So they put the new shocks on, throw the old ones in the box, and return them. So I returned something to a retail store the other day. It's, I guess it's been a couple weeks now, three weeks. And they were very intentional about opening the box. Exactly. That people have brought in boxes for whatever it may be, electronics, Blu-ray players, stereos, TVs, that were empty for a return. Okay. And that now they have to check every box. And I said, well, it's in there. And the lady just looked at me like, sure it is. Yep. I've got, I'm like, okay, well, you could check. I don't have a problem with that. I as well don't have but, an issue. But uh, crazy, though, that people take advantage of uh, the system and, and uh, policies that are actually beneficial for all of us. And as so. much as we love having new listeners, if you're doing this, go ahead and stop listening. Because uh, that, that's intolerable for me. Grace, I'll give you Grace. <laughs> Uh, Addison I, tells you to stop. I, I tell you that uh, just uh, just stop doing it, man. It's well, that's crazy stuff, man. I would prefer that you just don't do it. I understand. We've all been in a pinch, and I can understand. But uh, that's that's just crazy. I can't. I I would be more frustrated that I'd be putting bad motor oil on my vehicle, and that I now have to deal with that. The fact that you, I, I think you talked about this the other week. We weren't on the air, but about how we're kind of uh, in our own little. Um, community of people yeah. that like to work on our own vehicles. So I don't want to have my engine seized because the oil I put in it and expected to last 3,000 miles didn't because it was old. And had right? metal flakes or whatever it had Because in somebody it. else was going through a hard time, and I understand it. But now I'm, I'm out not $30. I'm out thousands of dollars That's or $1,200 to probably $3,000 depending on the vehicle or more. Or more. To, to get a new motor put in it and yeah it's just not fun that's the problem i mean you, you hear the horror stories of you know bad oil or or not the best quality oil at jiffy you know you drop your car off There's, the diy community does it to save money and to make sure it's done right yeah yeah and well, so they like to have a intentionally filter, screwing that community oil. yeah that's just I, I can't that that's so so low right that that's screwing the other people that are trying to save money mm-hmm Right. I, I mean, I, I realize that if you if you're in a hard tight spot or whatever's going on, there's a lot of like stick it to the man mentality. But sticking it to the next guy that's trying to change his own oil to save a few bucks isn't really the man. Yeah. That's the other guy that's trying to survive yeah. on the twenty dollar oil change. And spending the time and effort to do it himself. And I mean, heaven forbid that was my only vehicle and I didn't have extra oil in the garage, you know, I'm I'm significant distance from the nearest auto parts store. Yeah. It would have been a $50 Uber ride round trip to go get oil to take that back that I would have never gotten the money back from. So without opening one of these, how can one tell that it's used? So what's the pointer? I think the, I mean, you can always check the, the little level indicator on all the jugs have a level indicator, how many quarts are in it. Right. Now, granted, this was a five quart jug, so you can check in there and it has a certain indication of color. But I, you know, from here on out, I'm checking the caps. So, but you said that the cap popped like it was a new cap. So you're going to twist it off before you leave and look inside? Yep. And you're going to break it. I mean, you're going to I'm gonna break use it the anyway. seal. You're going to use it anyway, right? That's what I'm getting at. Yep. But you're going to do that first. Yep. I'm not buying, I'm not leaving the store without making sure. And maybe I'll wait till I've paid for it. Okay, right but this isn't, this isn't just an epidemic, though, for motor oil. You, you mentioned shocks. This is everything in general. Yep. 
as well as things that you purchase. Let's, I'm throwing this in the loop, but uh, things that you purchase on Amazon that could be knockoffs in a in a Rancho box, let's say, for shocks. How do you know? Uh, for a lot of that stuff, like the online purchases, you just don't. Right? I don't, you, I'm having a hard time you're now. You're ordering from unknown seller A. Yeah on ebay or amazon well usually i try to avoid sellers. third parties but yep. anymore you don't you don't know i mean it's easy to return something to amazon and i just send it back yep well and that's the difference i mean how, how do they are they really checking it what are they going to do i've already I, got the refund that's a great question whether they're checking it or not i don't know but i will say that the return policy at amazon is very forgiving to the point where all i have to do is literally leave it on my doorstep the next morning yeah with the sticker they printed out everything's free to return it. So if there were a problem with it, it's a simple click of a button, explain what's wrong, and leave it on my doorstep the next day. And it'll no, but I'm back. saying that they return, let's say that you buy an alternator and you return mm-hmm. your old one and say, yeah, it didn't work for you. No, I understand. And unfortunately, didn't work or didn't mean to buy it, bought an extra one, took too long. There's a lot of different options. The real recourse there isn't that you're going to get that old alternator, because if you do, you can return it easily. It's Amazon. They're very forgiving on that. And they'll... You know, pretty much no questions asked as long as you're not doing it all the time. And then, uh, you know, you'll be all right. The, the real issue is that the prices for all of us go up. Yeah. Right? If, if you're worried about inflation of those prices, a good portion of that is because of this extra labor involved of checking parts or because of the total number of return parts. If a lot of people are playing these games and trying to, quote unquote, stick it to the man, the person that gets screwed in the end is the buyer because... Next time, it's now $5 more because they've spent 20% extra cost in making sure that they're getting the right part, double-checking return parts, or an extra 5% in cost because they're having to ship things back and forth because of these issues, and they're not checking it. But either way, the price goes up, and that bottom line just goes back to the buyer. Yeah, it's they don't just eat that cost. something that I see is an issue in a bigger city. I didn't see anything like this when I was working at a Napa parts store in a, in a smaller community. That's fair. I mean, it probably, it probably happened, but if it does, it's on a much smaller scale, and it's noticeable if you were the same person bringing back uh, the same amount of oil that you purchase every uh, three to six months, whenever it is. Sure. You, you would notice yeah. that, oh, uh, John Doe is bringing in his oil again. Have you ever changed the oil in your... Right? So uh, it just wouldn't work. Wouldn't work that I mean, way. Same issue. I think that's been a an ongoing joke with clothing and what, right? People that buy it, keep the tags on, wear it for a day, return it the next day. That's always been an issue. Yeah. With clothing manufacturers. Yeah, but I feel like you could almost, you, you can't reuse oil, but you, you could pretty much understand. But what I'm saying clothes. is the, you know, the abuse of these return policies has always been. Well, it affects us all. A game that's that the problem. And that's, so when it, I have a legitimate reason to return something, whether I didn't need it, didn't, didn't, want it didn't use it or whatever the case may be I, it, it means that at some point i may not be able to return it because people have taken advantage of it so that's unfortunate but i'm glad that you noticed anyway. it and that you didn't install the motor oil in your car i'm too my car's got a long oil change interval being a hybrid so yeah it would have been pretty detrimental Thirty thousand miles right yep nah i think it's eight thousand mile interval I have to check. The car tells me when it needs an oil change. The car tells me. And then I cut 20% of that off anyway because I don't trust what the car's telling me. Even though it's Ford and you love your Fords. Yeah. I just. Why would Ford lie to you? They probably don't. And it probably would be fine. But I always would rather change my oil sooner. And I understand that. And heaven that forbid I don't notice and I'm on more. a trick. Or a trick. On a trip. You trick? I'm on a trick. Trick or treat. 
But, you know, I'm somewhere that I'm a thousand miles away from home. I'd like to have that extra cushion to know, well, although it zeroed out, I also set it to only be 80% capacity at the beginning. Oh, so you can set it up for... When you reset it, you get to pick where you want to start. I always start at 80. Just to keep that little cushion in there. Okay. Yep. I'm anal about service on vehicles. Oh. I just, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's because I don't want to pay the expensive damages that happen if you're not. I can understand that. Yep. So, a lot of oil changes are cheaper than an engine replacement, you know, 50,000 miles early. Yeah, apparently now you've been using uh, used motor oil, though. So, I mean, come on. You're okay. That's true. And I would have noticed ever pouring it before because I know what to look for. But, heaven forbid, my wife, you know, try to help out and get that done. She, right. she may not have noticed. Well, that was my comment regarding the alternator coming back. If you received an old one and if you didn't know, oh, maybe it was a remand or it is a remand and you just install it and it's bad. Right? Yep. Be very frustrated. That's the problem. It's a lot of time, energy. Yep. And an alternator is relatively easy depending on the vehicle. Some some are quite a bit more difficult, but uh, you could take it off and return it at that point. Just yeah, water pumps. There's a lot of things that are not easy, but, yeah. but are very readily available and accessible yeah. to be returned. So be honest, guys. Yeah. Anyway, that was just supposed to be a PSA, but we spent I'm, not, a good I'm less worried on. about these guys that were listening. I would to agree. Being honest, I'm just saying watch out because yeah. not all of us are um, have the same morals. That's a that, better right? point. Yeah. When you're out, you know, and that, that's kind of a thing. I'll, I'll generally do that anyway, just to make sure it matches the part I've brought in when I'm buying a part. That I've usually removed the bad one when I go to AutoZone or wherever I'm, Napa, wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'll usually have that part and I can, you know, I'll open the box of what I'm buying anyway. To like, okay, it does match the right part. Okay. So I'll usually have that to ver- open the box and verify it's a new part. But, you know, to your point, check that stuff. It'd be pretty difficult to get a used oil filter, though, I think. Yeah. Oil filter, you're probably okay. Yeah. Just saying. Nonetheless, the topic of the day Ooh! was not this PSA. PSA. Yeah, public service announcement. Oh, I think you're supposed to do some beeps and stuff when you say yeah, that. Okay. This is a, I don't know how that works. It's been a while since I've heard a real PSA. <laughs> All I get is those uh, Amber alerts on my phone. Oh. Sure. Okay. Very annoying, but good to have in case something. Anyway, we digress. The point is, what do you think is going to happen this year, Brad? What are your predictions for 2020? Well, I think it depends on how you want to look at this next 10 years. Is or eleven years. I mean, I just mean is this year. the beginning of a decade or the end of a decade? Oh, it's the end of an era. Is it? So did we start on zero on year zero? Yep. Okay. The new calendar. I know. I have to get one. I know. Okay. Okay. Predictions for this year. Well, we got a few few new bikes coming out. Um, what do I think? I think that there's going to be some successes, but there's going to be a little bit of disappointment. Disappointment. What do you in mean? Well, I think that there's a lot of good things that are coming up. A lot of uh, new technologies, as well as new motors. Um, I think that I think it's going to be overall pretty exciting to be able to get on some of these new bikes that are coming out. But I'm I think that they're going to be a little bit underwhelming. I think that people are going to want a little bit more than just meeting the the status quo of where we are currently as far as performance is concerned and uh, technology. So what bikes are you thinking about? I mean, what, uh, what are you looking at in your brain right now? So we've talked about the new Harley Davidson motorcycles that are coming out. Okay. Right. 
and the the new powertrain. We talked about numbers. We t- talked about how uh, the new Indians uh, compared to the Harley Davidsons. Right. We've talked about those in previous episodes, and I think just kind of thinking back to that, it's not really a prediction. I guess it is a little bit, but that they're going to come out. It's going to be awesome that, you know, we've got some rivals competing in, in the market. But I think it's too similar. I haven't seen anything that's breakthrough yet. But maybe that's me. I mean, what do you think about predictions for the year? So I've got a handful of kind of classifications for my prediction, but for my Sorry. different predictions. But the kind of to your point here, my prediction on the new bikes um I, I, I agree with your point that, you know, Indian and Harley coming out with baggers that are very similar on paper. You know, they're just going to basically up the game, you know, a small percent and compete with each other at the same level again because mm-hmm. they're both up in the game about the same timing. Um, but I think as the whole, so big picture prediction here, as the whole motorcycle market goes, I think we're looking at mid-level bikes. I think we are seeing some new, so... The Triumph Tiger 900 is the new adventure bike for Triumph, upping 100 cc's. Yeah, and you were very a lot excited of numbers, about but that. But I'm just saying the numbers on that bike bump the 800 up a, quite a big notch, and are not that far from the Explorer, the 1200 that they've okay. got. You know, you're looking at Yamaha's got the 700s that they're pushing hard, uh, basically based on the uh, the FZ07. So they've got an adventure bike that they're working on in sure. Europe. And okay. Asia, based on that 700, uh, that's expected to hit the U.S. They've got, you know, the Touring, the FJ09 styled bike, uh, based on the FZ09 engine. So you've got this kind of seven and 900 market, but I think they're really pushing. And the more I read about what they're wanting, you know, media moguls and people to talk about are the 700s. Yamaha's really pushing that mid-size bike. Uh, Honda's doing the same thing. They're releasing a lot of five, six, 700 CC bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowie's doing that. They've got the new W800 that kind of, in my opinion, knocks out the ca- the Z900 cafe. They had a Z900 RS, which was that cafe styled yeah. four cylinder. Yeah. And now they've got this W800 twin that looks way more vintage and kind of, I mean, it's only hundred CCs less. I mean, it really doesn't, it's a lot less sporty. It's definitely not in any class the same bike if you ride the two side by side. Significantly different. But if you're looking for that vintage bike, you can save a lot of money and just go with the W800. And it looks significantly more heritage. So uh, they're kind of pushing themselves out. Yamaha, I think that 700 and 900 fight with each other. I see these manufacturers. you got the new BMW 800 GS. Mm-hmm. Very popular. Has a lot of good numbers. A lot of hype behind it. I think these manufacturers are pushing hard their mid-sized bikes. And I really think that's going to start crushing the big the big market. I think you're going to see a lot less Tiger Explorers because you can get the 900 that's lighter, better, and everything other than horsepower and straight straight freeway. Mm. But even then, it's going to wear tires less because it's lighter. You know, you've got benefits to these lighter bikes, and and so are, is this a response to a, um, a market demand? I think the economy and the market is not paying for big bikes yeah that's been going on for a little while i think though what is I... there anything revolutionary in what you're seeing of all the bikes that you saw though or that you just mentioned i don't think there's anything necessarily revolutionary is the but the newest technology seems to be focused in that six to nine hundred cc range 
newest technology. When you say newest technology, what do you mean? Advancements in emission standard. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, we're seeing a little bit more heads-up displays and a little bit of other things as far A lot of connectivity as, with phones and, and right. cameras. We're seeing and, a little bit of that, which I think is it's time. It's it's important for um, for these uh, up-and-coming generations as well as uh, some of the ones that have been around it a little bit and are a little bit tech-savvy and understanding their phone and know what it's capable of in their car. A lot of, uh, a lot of people aren't driving around old 80s, 90s cars anymore, um, nor should we be riding motorcycles with that similar technology from that era. So I think that's fair. I, I'm just looking to see kind of what's going to come next. I, and, and maybe it's just me just loving to look ahead. But I think that a lot of it's actually going to come in the electric motorcycles. I don't think that we're going to have a breakout year where all of a sudden everybody buys electric. So that's not what I'm saying. I just think that this year marks a year where there's a lot of promises and something coming out from a lot of manufacturers. And we're going to start seeing them a little bit more regularly. And you're saying and shaking your head no, so no, I, maybe you can uh, um, have a little bit of a rebuttal to that. I actually disagree with you on this. I I think that we will continue to see the same leader in electric bikes. I don't think Harley's going to do much to take that market share. I don't think anyone else is really doing anything valid in the electric market. Last year, we saw a lot of completely unfinished prototypes. And we saw a lot of straight-up, made-up electric bikes or one-offs that do not constitute a company. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that any of those ones are going to actually make it. I'm just saying that we're getting to the point where there's a lot more hype and the bikes that are starting to come out, whether it be the same manufacturer that's been producing them and doing okay, um, or other players in the game, whether it be Harley or not, that we're going to start seeing them on the road more. You're going to start seeing them charging at stations more. I just think that you're going to it's going to be visibly um, different and noticing that they're out there. I, you don't see them a lot unless maybe you're downtown or around those groups of people that are riding them right now. I think that that's going to start expanding a little bit more. You're not going to see them on the open roads. You're not going to see them doing any of the road trips. They're just not made for that right now. But I'm saying that you're going to start noticing electric motorcycles. That's my prediction for this year. It's not that it's a breakout year as far as overwhelming the market and taking over market share. It's just that you're going to start seeing them. Just like when Teslas were out for a while and you knew it and you saw them occasionally. You're going to start spotting them. You're going to spot those zeros. It's only going to take a few of the um, Harley-Davidsons to sell in this area to start noticing them, hearing them, seeing them, having hype when people go to um, their um, coffee shops where they uh, ride in and, and hang out with one another. They're going to just be more um, visible. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, and, and you mentioned it already, but we're talking about zero kind of is still, to my opinion, this whole year. I don't think anybody's going to compete with zero. Harley tries, but it's such a price point difference that... I think Zero is going to be competing with themselves. Yep. I think that things are going to start coming up, and if the reliability has ever been a concern, it's going to start rearing its head more so now. Not so much with new releases, but with what they've released in the past and warranty issues and people coming out of warranties on some of the bikes that they've had. Um, unless they've uh, been uh, holding up really well, I... I but it's debatable. Usually the uh, second mouse gets the cheese at some point in this game where somebody that actually can produce something with uh, high quality and the performance that people are needing. 
Oh. Coming in, it's usually going to come at a higher premium, though. And 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 that's fair. And Harley may have that. I mean, they really did partner yeah, up. Yeah, but Alta. I don't think it's just going to be Harley. I mean, groups, you've got Lightning but... coming out. You've got other motorcycle manufacturers. Lightning and Ergica. That are maybe not mass production motorcycle dealers, but have been producing motorcycles. And so they have it in their wheelhouse of understanding what they need to be able to do. Nah. It's taking it to the next level, and we're not talking Tesla level. So it's achievable so for most that's smaller the issue, companies. I think. And it's been said by many other people, it's not a novel idea of ours, but Tesla's about the only company that could decide to come out with something to do anything about that market. No, I don't think so. I don't think Tesla's going to touch it. They don't and, want and I know they don't want to anyway, but Elon they Musk would not be the right person. Won't. You have to have somebody that's passionate about it, even if he decided he wanted to. That's not the right person to be coming out with an electric motorcycle. Understood, but they're the only company now that could and could do it reliably. It needs to be a motorcycle manufacturer that knows the assembly line and being able to mass produce and I, a motorcycle. To your prediction, and they I haven't. In a few years, I think I'll make that same prediction, but I don't think anything's going to happen this year. We'll just have to see. That's what it's called the prediction for. All right, I'm arguing with you. So you just said that I, I don't understand your prediction, but uh, my so prediction what? is that middle midweight bikes. That was my. prediction. That's where they've been. They haven't. Where People have they are been? Still buying small bikes and big bikes. Um, the market has not had a lot of midweight bikes, and I think this six to nine hundred cc. I see that is yeah, and that's what's coming out, and that's what everybody's releasing. So, what's the bike though? What's the bike that's going to sell? So, my rest? next comment is: I think naked standard bikes are going to be the next boom. I think people are done with ADV bikes. These midweight bikes. When I go see people looking at bikes right now, the hot sellers are adventure bikes. And I don't see a lot of people hyping them up like they used to. Mm-hmm. They, the market saw that, and the market made the Africa Twin. Uh, the V-Strom 1000 was updated and made quite nice. Everybody's always loved the BMWs and the Triumphs and, you know, the expensive bikes. But these little, you know, these slightly less cost Japanese manufacturers, even Indian manufacturers, I mean, the Himalayan mm-hmm. from Royal Enfield is a great little bike. These bikes have kind of come out and lowered the price point to get into it, and the people that were dreaming of being adventure riders got a chance to do a week. Got a chance to go and try it. And I think now everybody's realized that the ergonomics of adventure bikes, which is just a naked standard ergonomic, are very nice. I think people have seen that, oh, okay, well, you start looking at kind of Yamaha's attempt at it, and it's not really an adventure bike. The Tenere can go off-road, but it's it's a road burner. I mean, it'll it'll move quickly For most people down that road. were actually just wanting that look, I yep. guess, it kind of functioned as it. and it kind of migrated into this kind of naked naked standard bike look so it's going to be upright year, i think upright is yep. definitely the mass market no matter what the styling of said bike is uh, you're going to have people that are going to be graduating up to the middle class so i think that that's a fair uh, assumption but i think that the big breakthrough is still getting people into a class getting people into motorcycle riding and so in that regard do you anticipate there being more riders this year or are you saying that we're going to have our normal influx of motorcycle riders joining the market and you're going to actually have people dropping off their used bikes and buying uh middle class um naked mid-white bikes sport bikes i think we're going to see a lot more because everything seems to drop i think the 900 is the new 1250 and i think your old 800s I think all of these manufacturers are going to come out with and start releasing their next idea, which is going to be entry-level bikes. I think city bikes are becoming more popular and that we are going to see a couple of these manufacturers that don't necessarily have small bikes 
Uh, BMW did it last year or a couple years back with a 310. Mm-hmm. Um, Triumph doesn't really have anything, so I would expect them this year to come out with some small twin. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a single cylinder. Who knows what they're going to do with it. But something small that can come out and compete as an entry level. Because right now their entry level is $8,000 basically. And that doesn't compete with BMW $6,000 310. With a lot of what you can get from Honda, Yamaha, and uh, Cowie, you can get in Suzuki as well. You can get these small 250s, 300, right? The Rebel mm-hmm. 300 is a good starter bike. I think you're going to find entry-level bikes with six gears and enough to go ahead and haul down the freeway just without much gusto. Because yeah, nobody, I think, I think we've all learned. speed regardless, so I think that yeah. needs to be... And modern uh, gearboxes, it's hard to find a modern bike in the last two years that isn't six-speed. Yeah, we can we can make them a lot more compact and make a small bike with a six speed gearbox that works fine, but I think that's people are kind of done with the two fifty trainer bike that goes sixty uncomfortably. I think people are looking for a three hundred to three fifty. You know, we're looking at you think KTM. so. You think wait wait so you think that people are going to be trading off their two fifties and buying a three fifty. Not necessarily. I don't think so. I think that nope. you're definitely going to jump a little bit. I think people are going to trade their two right. fifty. A lot of people understand that they don't need a leader bike. Yep. No matter what that bike is, that it's really unnecessary that somewhere around 600, and you've talked about 900, which is, I think, even pushing it for some, their people are going to grow up to the next level. Now, but it depends on the bike. If they're going to stay in the cruiser market, you're going to ju- immediately jump up. But it's a completely different ride, different experience, different uh, torque bands and everything else. Is, it's just a different world. So mm-hmm. you can you can do a little bit more, but you start getting into some of the the, the naked uh, but if you look at the hot selling bikes. cruisers you're talking sportsters the new triumph speedsters selling okay these little you know 900 to 1200 cc bikes you're not talking the 1500 i mean they exist right you can get right. the right i'm the just 50, saying that 25. immediately jumping into a 1200 or a 900 on one of those is nothing in comparison to their 250 sure you're getting more I'm yes. not saying otherwise. Understood. I'm just saying okay. that stay let's say you're on a ninja 250 and you decide to get on uh uh, a thousand, one thousand, right? It's it's a whole different world. Understood. That's a lot more, and and maybe some people are ready for it, but I think that most people would say, I actually feel really good on something around six hundred, six thirty six. And that's, and that's what I think. Be. So those with the two fifty are moving right. to that. So, but I'm saying, my question was, you think that you're not going to have an influx of new riders that are jumping are. in the small market. You're saying that everybody's going to bypass the 250s and go into the middle as well go, as the nope. people graduating? I think the 250s are moving up a couple hundred cc, 100 cc's or so. Yeah. And everybody's starting now with low cost. I think the 250 market has been taken by Chinese bikes. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think, think okay. So this is what I would say. My prediction would be that I think that you're right, and that we're going to have more people jumping into the next class. I mean, that's the bet that a lot of manufacturers are making as well. All of these yep. ones that have been mentioned previously. But uh, what I would say is that there's still going to be an influx. What I want to see, and I'm not predicting this, but this is what I would like to see. This would be my 2020 wish that we continue to see new riders jumping into the 200 to 500 cc class of motorcycles and i think they will and that's where i want to see the major growth that's where i want to see people pushing i think you're right you're going to see you have some of these chinese manufacturers that are producing stuff but it's not there it's not there it's not for everybody it's cheap but people know what they're getting if they're going to be jumping into that you don't see any new updates to the 250 market no, a lot of them are 300s or 400s. That's what I'm saying. 
And that's what I'm saying. I'm so, telling you that they're deciding they're, they don't have to be in a 200, but even getting on a 400, these are tamed down. You even look at the, the Ninja 300 versus the 250 that was out, and I think that's, that's there's actually a new one out beyond the 300, but the 300 was would actually underperform the 250 from the past. As far as maximum speed, 0 to 60, all of those things, it's a larger displacement bike, but it was actually, it didn't perform as well um, as the 250 did. Probably had better suspension and it did better as far as road. Cruise better on the highway. Right. But they've actually decided, and if you look into this a little bit on those smaller bikes, they actually detune them such that taking off and, and riding the bike, it's very easy. Yeah. So you can get these bikes that are under 500. Yep. I'm saying that that's the market that we need to see grow. That's the market that they need to see grow if they want to have their showcase um, bikes, these big bikes that they want people to eventually move into potentially to grow, you got to get more people in. And we haven't seen that in the past. That's what we need to have this year. And I, I see and I see a larger influx of the CSCs and the Borelli and all of these, you know, um, not Canadian, but these uh, CSCs, what, California Scooter Company, all of these Chinese bikes that are coming in with basically U.S. assembly as your starter learner bike because right now what it I'm is i'm seeing the moped more for that I, I i know that that's becoming a bigger deal and it's talked about a little bit more but i don't see the volume there and if it was there we would see more from something we do. else if you look at used bikes and it's used bikes too if you look at beaverton motorcycle or procal you see a handful of these used uh you know chinese bikes cheap used bikes that people bought Learn for a few, got for two grand, learn for a few months and pawned off for a thousand dollars. I think that's horrible. I think that people are actually losing money in that case. I agree. They shouldn't be doing that. And and so the problem is, is that's a bad sign when you're seeing that. And if you're looking for motorcycles and you're seeing just a ton of these on the used market, question why? That's what I'm getting at. No, I understand. I think it's not good. And so that is an error on the, the consumer side to assume that. That's what they need to continue going down. They need to do a little bit more research, I would suggest, and see if that is really what they want to go down. Oh, I agree with you. But when it comes to low cost of investment to try it out, quote yeah. unquote, that's I think new that's piece the of crap potentially versus a used good bike. There's a lot of bikes that are around Understood. that are used that are at the same price. Understood. I'm just saying. But they're about the same price, and you get a two to three year warranty, and you get all of that, which. I have friends with something done- where they get shipped up here yep. and there's nobody to work on it. So now you have to work on Believe it yourself me, because you're not. I'm just telling you. I got buddies that played that, that game and got screwed with the warranty because it took three months to get a fix. And so all I'm saying is that's a horrible route. And that I no, I will not predict that that continues to grow. If it does grow, it's because they get better at their quality. Oh, I think there is an increase at year over year. I'm sure on the there quality is. of those. We see that everywhere. But... I think we're going to see Indian bikes show up a lot more. I think Royal Enfield is going to make a move. I think uh, the, it was not BSA, but Norton. I think Norton's going to come in a little hotter this year. They did a big. Yeah, but those are in the middle. Independent build. They're in the middle. They make 250s up to 600s. Basically. I know. I'm just saying that they're not, you're not talking super cheap. No. Right. You're not talking super expensive. Right. You're, you're talking less than Honda Yamaha. Mm-hmm. So you're talking now in between the Chinese bikes and the Japanese bikes. And 
if you ask me, I think Royal Infield has displayed a pretty good amount of reliability thus far. Their resurgence has been pretty good. Sure. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of the market that, similar to the Chinese market, these these low-cost, small displacement bikes are going to start showing up. I think people want 250 no, still to learn on. I'm going to say that that's not going to happen. It can't happen. We can't continue to, as consumers, demand crap because that's what we get. So don't buy crap. I would agree that that's not your best choice. But I think you're going to see And I think that most them. people are going to see that. They're going to see that and they're not going to actually spend the money. That's I, my prediction. I, I, that's what I got to believe, man, is right. that we're a smarter society than that. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with buying a Royal Enfield. I'm not talking about a Royal Enfield. I'm talking about the Chinese crap. And it depends what we're talking Chinese crap. Some of it's like well, I, said, I, mean, I don't want to just turn better. it down. I'm just saying that some of these, some of the bikes that are imported that are lower cost bikes, whether it be from China or not, even though that may be the country of origin that they're coming from, um, they're just they're not up to snuff, and they're pushing it out into the public as fast as possible, as cheap as possible, maybe with some um, low cost labor going into it to get them going, um, but that, that's not what consumers really need. Your your safety is important. And the bike functioning as it's intended, as a motorcycle should, is critical. And so if we're looking past that and we're saying that that's not important, but we've got a three-year warranty, then that's a, that's a concern. That's a concern. Because on, on the other hand, China produces a lot of good things and by a lot of different companies. And so we can't just say everything from China is crap because that's not true. A lot of everything that we use today, even our name brand um, U.S. companies that we um, love and use are having products produced in China. And so it's just all a matter of quality control. Yep. And I don't think that the quality control is there. And once it is, the cost of said bikes will increase. That's fair. It will increase, but not still, it'll be on par with the Indian bikes. The Indian bikes. Yes. By Indian bikes, you're talking about. Bikes from India. Thank you. Yes, that's a fair. Okay, because you've said that now twice, and I was questioning how Indian was cheap. I hear you. But, okay. Yes. Bikes from India, Royal Enfield, a handful of Indian, handful of investors in India that have actually invested heavily in making KTM and Triumph big in India. Mm -hmm. So there's there's some moves that tell me that, that that's going to be an emerging market similar to these Chinese bikes. And that may be that they just boot the Chinese bikes out of the market. And come in as the low cost, pretty reliable solution mm-hmm. to, you know, your your big six manufacturers, right? Yeah. There's a couple more than that, but right. There's the ones we all know and love, and then kind of Royal Enfield. If you don't know bikes, you probably don't know who that is. But they're, you know, these these, in, these manufacturers from India are coming out with very good bikes that have proven very reliable in India. Right. Right. They've done a lot of testing and a lot of miles on these bikes to ensure that they're kind of doing what's expected. So I think this this year, that's my prediction that we're going to see those of us that ride migrate more into that six to 900 and new riders will either be getting a more expensive three to 500 CC bike or going with a 250 Asian market bike. Okay. Whether that be China or India. I spoke my piece about debatable. it, but I get it. Yep. That's fine. I could see it happening. I just want to see us uh, moving in a good direction. other thing i see i see racing motorcycle racing in the u.s picking up speed it's been slowly increasing there's been a couple of new venues this year last year was a really good season uh not necessarily an upset but it kind of come from behind end of the season in moto america 
Uh, I've seen a lot more people show up to events and not necessarily bars, but dealerships that are showing the races. Mm -hmm. Uh, The excitement to participate in that has gone up. So I think racing in the U.S. with regards to motorcycles is going to continue to move forward, become something that we may even see at the end of this year, a popularity such that we have maybe more than one superbike race in America. Right, mm. MotoGP maybe do might do more than just Texas. And we'll, we'll see about see. that. But there are definitely tracks that they could participate in. Right, right. And, I, you know, it's getting more and more popular again. There's a resurgence in U.S. motorcycle racing. Let's we'll track that. That's interesting. I mean, I'd like to see that. And that can be good, but hmm, we'll see. Well, I think, you know, similar to most vehicle racing or vehicle discussions, right? More more popularity in motorcycle racing will bring more popularity into motorcycles, right? People wanting to feel just a little bit of that excitement and getting their first bike, getting their endorsement mm-hmm. so they can try a track day, whatever it is. So, yeah. What do you think? Anything else you got a prediction for? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's about about it. I think I've spoken my piece about it. All right. I foresee a lot of Middle Eastern clothing companies coming into the market. We're seeing a lot of leather come out of the Middle East, things like that. I think they're going to start showing up in the U.S. at least. This may already be a thing in Europe, and I'm just not aware of it. There's already a handful of companies that I don't know about in Europe. Uh, that that are more accessible there, but I think we're going to see a lot of that starting to uh, to show up for jackets and pants and riding equipment. So I kind of see that coming too. I last couple of years I've followed a little bit on the local exhibitions and whatnot, and they've been putting on a strong showing, but not a lot of backing, mm-hmm. not a lot of history to go off of. So nobody's really buying into it. But I think the quality is moving in the right directions okay so on that regard what about motorcycle accessory now i could i understand you're, you're kind of talking about an accessory but motorcycle specific accessory so we've seen a lot of headlights come in the past we've seen turn signals be big and they're selling now i mean what is the next big accessory that's going to have a boom based next. on what is coming out right now that's kind of unique that somebody's doing Oh, man. It really depends on the world that you live. For building bikes, I think we talked about the M unit before, but I think that's gaining more and more popularity. Okay. Kind of the the brain of the the bike there. Lights have always been moderately popular. Pegs and bars and kind of cheap accessories. Not cheap, but lower cost accessories that you can make the bike your own. But uh, air filters. I don't know if there's anything. Displays, I think, when it comes to new bikes, to your point, are really the big thing people are going to start caring about, I think. So you think there's going to be some potential add-on displays and setups for bikes that are retrofittable? I don't know. It's it's a lot of work to go analog to digital and, yeah. People developing an app that functions entirely as the motorcycles set up, you plug in, it functions. I'll make that as a prediction that we have a heads up display as your phone and an app developer plug and play harness um, to some extent and being able to track and monitor RPMs and 
velocities and uh, whatever else it has oil have a oil pressure and have that feed into your phone whether it be lightning or an android uh, micro usb cable okay i'll say that sure all right you don't think so i don't think so you never know i think a lot of the people that are excited about that are getting the newer bikes that have similar fully adjustable displays Uh, not everybody likes getting a new bike and if you do get a new bike they're not buying the brand new bike just for that at seventeen thousand dollars or whatever it may be yeah but i i find more and more the used market isn't such a gap it used to be bikes have gotten so low cost new with regards to profit margins for many of these companies that you know three years later they're only a couple thousand dollars less which is still a couple thousand dollar savings, but when you look at the upgrades year over year. Yeah, but I think you're talking about the ones where it's a very specific market. I think in general, the bikes that are more mass production that a lot of people are actually going to be getting, uh, they can find a used one decently. It's when you bought find a specialized Triumph or an XSR 900 or whatever it may be that is very niche that those, I think that's more of the case. I don't know. Maybe like the Sportsters and whatnot. It's still six grand. Yeah, maybe. For an 883 that's, you know, six years old. Okay. It was nine grand six years ago. And Addison in three years will buy a Harley Davidson motorcycle. I already have a Harley. No, you don't have a Harley Davidson motorcycle. I got a Harley this year. I was very explicit. I know. In three years? That might be true. I don't know. Nah, three years is too soon. That's why it's a good prediction. Sounds good. Well, let us know what your predictions are. Oh, please do. Tell us that we're idiots. Please, yeah. Critique ours. Let us know what yours are. Uh, join us on the Facebook page. Of course, uh, the, you can go ahead and send us messages on Patreon. Uh, check out that. We've had a few updates in there. Uh, as well as, of course, leaving uh, leaving a review and, and rating our, our podcast. Yep. Subscribe and sure. save. Yep. Share with your friends, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next year. Or next year. Next year? It is already next year from last year. We're in a whole new decade. We're not going to be on for another 365 days. No. We'll is be that back. what you're predicting? We'll be back next week. Okay. But we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys, and uh, enjoy the winter. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.